0: A company is placing QR codes on gravestones. Posing like an American farmer is the latest trend in Chinese social media. And Belgium needs more incinerators to burn all the cocaine. They're having a problem burning all that cocaine. They got a lot of cocaine. These are the weird stories for Wednesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by... A somewhat funny comedian. I'm funny on some days. Let's hope today's the day, guys. Buckle up. A company is placing QR codes on gravestones to tell the stories of loved ones. How lovely. Grieving friends and families of deceased loved ones will now be able to tell the story of those who passed away with videos and pictures Thanks to a company which developed the idea of placing QR codes onto gravestones. The company is from Cork. Uh, It's called The Story Of. And their aim is to work with families to create a fuller picture of their deceased relatives as the limited space on a gravestone puts restrictions on how much of a person's life story can be told on the piece of stone. Now, compiling a series of photos and videos about a person's life... The company will create a webpage that is complete with the person's life story and can be accessed via a QR code placed onto the gravestone. Uh, Yeah, you got to imagine with technology, we were going to go here eventually. Uh, You scan it with your phone, and then right there, you can find out what the person did. Maybe on my grave, there'll be a video of me doing stand-up. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe my podcast will come up. You know, all one million episodes. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm doing a million episodes before I die. That's my goal. I'd imagine if you push this even further, maybe a hologram could pop up of the person. That would be dope. There's like a hologram of me doing stand-up or maybe like a hologram of me in the closet recording the podcast. All right, this is stupid. Now, they interviewed the founder of the company, The Story Of, which is making these QR codes, It's Judy Russell. She's in Cork, Ireland. She has a quote here. Well, around 60 million people on this planet die each year. And for the most part, their stories, their advice, their personalities die with them. Capturing all of this would have a very positive impact on different groups. You see, when older people are given space to reminisce on their lives, it can be a huge benefit to their mental health. Studies have shown that when children learn family stories, it creates a shared history strengthens emotional bonds and helps them make sense of their experiences when something senseless happens, such as a global pandemic, you know? I don't know why she brought up the global pandemic. Maybe that's the number one killer in Ireland. In my country, the number one killer is uh, people shooting others at Walmart, unfortunately. (laughs) That's what's going on here. Uh, I agree with Judy, though. Uh, Sharing family stories with children creates a shared history. And it's just marvelous. I mean, how many times are you dragged as a child to visit the gravestone of a dead, a deceased relative who you didn't really know? And it's just hard to be emotionally invested in those moments. So I would love this. Um, I'm wondering, do you have to watch an ad before you see videos and pics of your relative? That would annoy me. I mean, there's always the concern of hackers as well with anything like this. Imagine you go and visit your your grandma's grave on her birthday and you, you scan it. And instead, you get porn or something. <laughs> That's going to be, uh, you know, someone could do that, I assume. I would like to use my QR code to offer people maybe like a rebate at Duncan's. Yeah. <laughs> you scan my grave and you get a dollar off a large regular. <coughs> the latest trend among Chinese influencers is posing like American farmers. A woman wearing denim overalls sits on a straw bale against the backdrop of a wall of hay. Two girls lean against a wooden fence on a seemingly boundless grassland. A man in a full-out cowboy outfit poses with a horse standing behind him. At first glance, one might think these photos posted on Xiaohongshu, which is a lifestyle app often referred to as China's Instagram, are taken in the actual American Wild West. But no, these photos are actually from various locations across China where pretending to be on an American farm or an American ranch has become the latest aesthetic that has taken Chinese influencers by storm. Uh, They're calling it, they actually have a name for it, it's called American Farm Style. (laughs) Amazing. In the past few months, American farm style has really been embraced by many good-looking, young, impeccably dressed Chinese men and women on Xiaohongshu. I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly. Is it Jia Xiaohongshu? Xia Xiaohongshu? I think that's it. Well, on this platform, again, it's the Chinese Instagram. There's thousands of posts bearing the hashtag American farm style in which props depicting a typical American farmer's life in the fall, such as piles of hay, some farm animals, and seasonal crops like pumpkins, are frequently seen. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the photos. What they're missing is a gun. (laughs) Harder to get in China. Uh, turns out this trend is so popular that uh, pop-ups in China are providing a backdrop for these American farm scenes. Uh, For instance, there's a boutique hotel on the outskirts of Beijing, that one user says uh, provided the picture perfect backdrop for their farm photo. Uh, and any visitors that want to participate in the trend, it has a chestnut plantation and some fruit trees. Uh, the, in the photo, the creator is standing next to a billboard that says Organic Family Farm. There are many businesses providing these American farm backdrops, apparently. Uh, One is a a coffee shop, very popular. It's called Day Off Dreamer in Beijing. It's famous for routinely changing its decor depending on the season. Well, last month the business settled on the American farm style theme and staged its space like the interior of a rustic barn with farm wagons and hay beds. Here's a quote from a young Chinese girl who's also an influencer. She says, Pretending to be an American country girl is a ton of fun. I feel like I'm in a Western movie. (laughs) I like Westerns. I like that John Wayne. He's a sexy mofo, huh? Now, pretending to be in some sort of American landscape is not new. Uh, Romanticizing various aspects of American life and presenting them in a pleasing way appears to be a very common theme in the content created by Chinese influencers since the coronavirus pandemic started, apparently. Uh, Due to China's stringent and unrelenting COVID-19 border restrictions, which have have only started to show signs of relaxation recently, many Chinese people have been unable to travel abroad. For influencers, that presents a challenge. So they're recreating foreign scenes, which appear to be their way to cash in on the longing for international tourism while it's restricted in the country. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine if you're one of these travel bloggers uh, and you're in a place where travel is restricted... How are you going to continue your social media and make that money, B? You know, you're going to have to find places that look like other places. In this case, they're just building egg farms and whatnot. Uh, It says here, even in Shanghai, there's a Costco that became a very trendy spot as influencers flocked to the store, posting photos from its parking lot, making props out of its merchandise, and embellishing their photos with pizza boxes and blue soda cups. Some of these photos taken in front of the supermarket are captioned, just pretending to be in Los Angeles or back to America. Now, of course, you have the people who are not too pleased about this. Uh, The glamorization of the American lifestyle is not immune from criticism on the Chinese Internet. Some people have accused the trend of blindly worshiping Western culture, which is a subject that's very touchy in China. Here's a quote here. The goat house attached to my grandma's home in the countryside looks just like this. What's so special about it? (laughs) Haters, in other words. And to all that, I say, what's wrong with worshipping Western culture? Come on. We're doing some amazing things over here, right, guys? I mean, have you seen those paper straws? Come on now. (laughs) Paper straws. (laughs) Come on, superhero movies, am I right, guys? We got it going on over here. Have you heard Trap Rap? I mean, look the F out. And then of course you got children identifying as cats. I mean, that's pretty cool, right? I mean, where else are you going to go in the world where kids are pooping in boxes? (laughs) That's a nice backdrop to your photo, right? Yay! Belgium has seized too much cocaine. Way too much cocaine. Belgium has seized so much cocaine from smugglers operating through the port of Antwerp that it needs more incinerator space to destroy the cocaine, according to the officials. They don't have enough incinerators. There's too much cocaine. I have an idea of what you can do with that cocaine, guys. You can mail it to Weird AF News. The headquarters is located in a very pristine, cluttered closet in Los Angeles. Uh, How would you like to hear this podcast fueled on cocaine? I mean, caffeine's enough. (laughs) I think I'd go off the deep end. Authorities are very concerned over there in Belgium that depots, depots, D-E-P-O-T-S, depots, depots, (laughs) depots, Ah, man, I'm so unqualified to do this. Depots used... To store cocaine could become targets for robberies by powerful gangs seeking to recover their lucrative cargoes. All right, so you seize their cocaine, and now you, because you don't have enough incinerators to destroy it, you have this surplus that is stored in places that the gangs might come and find to reacquire their cocaine. That's a concern, of course. Uh, can't you just dump it into the ocean? Right? Isn't that what you do with everything these days? I thought you just dumped it into the ocean. Although a lot of the fish... A lot of the fish in Florida are already addicted to meth from the urine. Uh, (laughs) That's right, there's meth in the urine. Did you know that? Um, I guess we shouldn't add another drug to the ecosphere is what I'm saying. Uh, Here's a quote from Belgium Customs Service spokesperson Francis. There's a problem with incinerator capacity. Structural solutions are on the way, don't worry. In the meantime... I'm working on the problem myself. (laughs) I've been up for days actually working on it. (laughs) Someone's got to take away this cocaine, man. It says here, Belgium's latest problem stems from the astronomical quantities of cocaine from Latin America that are intercepted in Antwerp, which is Europe's main port of entry for this illegal cocaine trade. I had no idea. Colombia's cartels target Europe with cocaine, corruption, and even torture. (gasps) Torture? How? How? What are they doing, just torching people in Atwerp for no reason? Belgian authorities are on course to seize more than 100 tons in 2022, which is a new record, after 90 tons were seized last year. I don't know how much cocaine that is, but it seems like a lot. Now, according to the local media, suspected gang members have been using drones to fly around and scout out around the customs depots where the seized cocaine is being housed. The seized cocaine, of course... Worth millions of euros. Authorities are working very quickly to to destroy these cocaine seizures. But to incinerate cocaine, quote, uh, there are environmental standards to be met, according to the authorities. I guess you can only burn your cocaine in an an environmentally friendly way. That's the end of the story. And then at the bottom of the article is a photo of some pigeons. That seems strange. I don't know what pigeons have to do with cocaine in Belgium. Maybe the pigeons are the gangs. Maybe the gangs are flying pigeons in addition to the drones to try and seek out these cocaine deposits. Can you train a pigeon to look for cocaine? I got a lot of questions. I'm also wondering why the government just doesn't sell the cocaine and raise money that way. I thought that's what governments did. They seized drugs and then they used those drugs to raise cash, which they then used to funnel to clandestine organizations, you know, that need to carry out the government's uh, oftentimes insidious and squirrely plans. Maybe Belgium doesn't have such plans. The U.S. certainly does. I love how in the same story I can't pronounce depots, yet I use the word clandestine. Just came out of my brain. If that's not evidence that I have multiple personalities, I don't know what is. We may never get this weird again. How are you today, my lovelies? My cuties? You smell nice today. I can smell you. Oh, you guys really put on deodorant for me? I appreciate that, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I don't smell so good. Kind of partying for a couple of days. Come on, it's the holidays, guys. You know the deal, right? Who's with me? Come on. Sweet potato. Lots of cannabis. You know the deal. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to everybody who celebrates it. Uh, I'm going to see if I can do an episode on Thanksgiving. We'll see how I feel. Why the hell not? Why not do an episode on Thanksgiving? Maybe I'll do something fun, something weird, unlike the typical uh, podcast episode. Maybe I'll just record myself eating the skin of a turkey for 10 minutes. That might be fun, right? Singing Thanksgiving songs. I don't even know if there are Thanksgiving songs. Are they? If you guys know of a Thanksgiving song, please email me. Like a link to it on YouTube or something. Funnyjones at gmail.com. I want to get just inundated with Thanksgiving songs. Uh, I have a, a lovely uh, gift that was bought me. It was coffees from a listener with a username, McGillacutie. <laughs> McGillacutie, that's pretty cool. McGillacutie bought me coffees off my website, weirdafnews.com. That's a great place to go if you want to support the show. And McGillacutie wrote a nice note with it. Um, Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. Uh, a quote from Martin Luther, apparently. I love that. That's great. We should drink beer. I drank a lot of beer. Uh, and it wasn't quality beer, so then, you know, I ended up the next day in the bathroom for quite a while. You know how that happens. I call it uh, the Coors Light uh, avalanche. <laughs> I had the Coors Light avalanche yesterday just terrible. So then I moved to mixed drinks last night. Nice uh some bourbon. It was very good. And I ate some lovely food with some friends because I had what's called a Friendsgiving. I recommend it. It's it's a lovely time. Lovely time Friendsgiving. I got a a Patreon who increased their pledge, you know? Like you can do that. Did you know if you're a member of the Patreon you can increase your pledge. Like let's let's say you're doing 2 bucks a month. You can increase it to 5 bucks a month. Because you love me more this year. I don't know. Anyways, big shout out to Amira. Amira is a a wonderful person doing wonderful things. We've had some email interaction. She's great. So she increased her pledge. So I want to give a big thanks and a happy holidays specifically to Amira, which is lovely. That's just lovely. Uh, What else? Oh, I got a terrible review on Amazon. Should I read it? Uh, I feel like this outro is too long. I'll read some of it. It's Professor Echo wrote me on Amazon. Here's the review. It's called Host Could Use More Comedy Chops. I love it. Uh, I, I would like to know if Professor Echo has ever made a dollar doing comedy. Yeah, I, I've made a lot of dollars doing comedy, so I think the industry has already made the decision that I do have comedy chops. But okay, I guess you're welcome to your opinion. Uh, here's what I'm grateful for, that Professor Echo gave me two stars instead of one. So Professor Echo isn't a, isn't a total jerk. Uh Professor Ecker wrote, I decided to cut back on my earlier posted review, which was overly harsh. The idea for this podcast is great, but I just think the dude needs more practical experience in comedy. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Okay. Being funny doesn't always come overnight, guys. No matter how big a cut-up a person was on the school playground back in the day. First of all, they use the phrase cut-up. So I'm going to guess Professor Echo is 78 years old. And if you're 78 years old and you don't like my comedy, wow, what a surprise. You're 78 years old. Why don't you go back to watching The Three Stooges, bro? Professor Echo has advice for me, though. Professor Echo, who I assume has never get- gotten on stage and made anybody laugh, has advice for me. The host tries, but I myself believe he could use a little more training and work at being funny, as it is just, just does not seem to come natural to him. <laughs> Oh, sorry to sound discouraging. There's nothing wrong in learning more and practicing more in your chosen gig. Anyway, there are a lot of positive reviews for this podcast. So maybe the flaws are on me and not on the host. Well, all right, now you're coming to your senses, Professor Echo. Yes, uh, comedy is, is something that it's called subjective. So when you get on and tell somebody they're not funny on a social platform, you know, you've kind of crossed the line a little bit. That's like getting on here and saying the music of Prince is terrible. How could people listen to Prince? Uh, the, the host, the, uh, then the review says, fair enough. As it plays now, I'm bailing on it, but who the hell cares if I don't like it? Listen and judge for yourself. Yeah, guys, listen and judge for yourself. Why listen? To, don't listen to the review of someone who knows not anything of what they're talking about. Judge for yourself as you should. Yeah, this would be like me watching a YouTube video of an archaeologist and just writing. You know, I'm not sure this guy knows anything about digging. I mean, they, they, he's going so slow here. I mean, just dig away. Why are you going so slow? (laughs) This is a good moment to uh, let everybody know that I'm going to be making some money in Dallas uh, as a professional joke writer. Uh, It's going to be the the weekend of the 8th through the 11th of December. So if you guys are in that area, hit me up and I'll give you all the info. And it'll be on my Instagram anyways, but I, I won't post now, but closer to the show. But if you want to get a jump on that, just send me a message. I'll tell you where it's at. I've already had a few people reach out to me. They want to come see me do stand-up. So uh, It's different from the podcast because I drop F-bombs. <laughs> just just prepare yourself, I swear, uh, which makes the podcast even more impressive. People don't even know the sort of uh, self-control it takes. For a dude from Boston not to say the F-word when I'm performing for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, it's very difficult, um, and I do it on the podcast every day. You know so. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here. I'm just trying to let Professor Echo know that you're dealing with a professional, bro. <laughs> a Straight up professional. Okay, if you want to leave me a, re- a review, go to Amazon. That's where the bad ones are. Leave a, re- a review on there. That's helpful. Uh, and if you want to do a screenshot, send that to me that way. I know you did it. That would be helpful. Some of the Amazon pages I can't find. They're in other countries. I don't know where these pages are. And if you want to support the show with a little with a little cash for the holiday season, you can... You can go to weirdafnews.com and buy me a coffee or join the Patreon there, or you can PayPal me if if you'd like. It's funnyjones at gmail.com. If you would like to call the show, 646-450-2012. You could call and wish me a happy Thanksgiving or just say good luck with your life, man. Anything like that makes me smile. That's cool. Anyways, I hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving and a great week otherwise. I love y'all. See you tomorrow.